He is good news indeed. We join together to rejoice and celebrate in that good news. We've been doing that uh, all through the Lenten season. We've talked about good news. Essentially, we've talked about what it means to be forgiven and freed. We've talked about our salvation in Jesus. We've uh, talked about Christ, the one who lived and died. And then today, we, we talk about him who, uh, who, who lives again, who rose from the dead. We have every reason to celebrate. This is good news. In fact, it is the greatest good news that the world has ever known. The Sabbath day was over, and uh, three women went to attend to the body of Christ in the tomb, Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of James, and Salome. They approached the tomb of Jesus uh, just as the sun was rising. It was early that first Easter morning when those who had followed Jesus began, only began to come to grips with the fact, one, that Jesus was gone, and then even more so to come to grips with the fact that he had risen from the dead. The rising of the sun lent light to the greatest thing that had ever happened in the existence of the world. This morning, we gathered for sunrise service to celebrate uh, not only the, the rising sun, but what that means for us as we come together for, uh, for Easter. We um, grabbed a snapshot of the, uh, of the sun just coming over the horizon. We had a wonderful time today, a wonderful crowd. Uh, as Ashley said, it was cold. It could have been colder but I'll tell you, it could have been warmer as well. There is no doubt about that. My nose is still cold. The rising of the sun in the east always has a way of putting a special light on things. The rising of the new day sun has a way of inspiring us to no end. And when you link that to the good news of Jesus having risen from the dead, uh, the soul really becomes stirred. I particularly noticed the rising of the noonday sun on Sunday mornings as I drive to church. Uh, we live north of uh, Highway 42 on uh, North Buckeye. And every uh, Sunday morning as I go down North Buckeye, I look to the left, I see the rising sun. Some 30 years ago, when I was pastor here uh, before, I remember seeing the very same thing as I drove up 1793. And you'd look just beyond where the high school is now, the middle school, the sun would be coming up over the horizon. Always inspirational. And then I, um, I read this from a, a bit of devotional material. I, I, I remember this, this statement and have repeated it over and, and over again. It says this, that the rising of the sun each morning is a sure reminder of the hope and peace of the day when Christ rose from the dead. I noticed that rising sun on both of the roads, the rising sun, very, very predictable in the east. And as I see that sun rising, I am reminded of that great day of Christ's resurrection. When the women approached early in the morning, just as the sun was coming up, and they noticed and encountered that the tomb was empty. Whether Easter or not, I'm thankful to be reminded every day of Christ's resurrection. 
It is the resurrection that, that offers the, the promise of life now and of eternal life later on. It is good news for today and every day, and it should hearten us to no end. Our very identity is struck in this day, in the very occurrence that we celebrate today, Christ's resurrection. You see, we are an Easter people. We are a resurrection people. It, it strikes to the core of who we are. It is our identity. We uh, are a resurrection people. So let's hear about that resurrection just now as we read from Mark chapter 16, verses 1 through 8. It is that wonderfully simple story, as only Mark could tell it, of Jesus rising from the dead. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome, brought spices so that they might go and anoint Jesus' body. Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb, and they asked each other, who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? But when they looked up, they saw the stone, which was very large, and it had been rolled away. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in white sitting on the right side. And they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said. You are looking for Jesus, the Nazarene, who is crucified. He is risen. He is not here. See the place where they have laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter. He is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. Trembling, and bewildered, the women went out and fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. This is God's Word. and May it be a deep and abiding blessing to each of us, not only as we hear this Word read, but as we make effort now to take our lives and apply them to this Word. May God bless us all. The women came to the tomb of Jesus with a very heavy heart. They were absolutely grieved to no end. The purpose in, in coming to the tomb was to anoint the body of, of Jesus for proper burial. They were seeking the dead among the dead. Their minds were clearly upon the death of Jesus. Despite the many times that he had told them and others that on the third day he would rise from the dead. The women were so fixated on the death of Christ, so wearied by their grief, they just weren't thinking about such things as him rising from the dead. That's why their focus was much more on the spices that they carried and the fact that they were going to have a, a tough time removing the stone away from the tomb of Christ. Tombs back uh, during Christ's day were hewn out of rock, out of a rock wall, really. 
they composed of a, a, a front room for gathering and then a second room for the body to be laid. The opening of both rooms would have been, uh, would have been closed off by a large circular stone that fitted into a stone groove. You, you, you see one there. And once that stone was in place, it was, it was really tough to move it. Regarding moving that stone, the woman, women really haven't, hadn't thought things through. You and I do that all the time. We are quick to strike out, and we leave the, the details for later on. So the women at least probably ask themselves, I wonder who's going to roll the, the stone away? I guess we should have thought about that. They trudge forward only to find that God had done that, that God had provided. He had provided in a miraculous way, wonder of wonders, miracle of miracles, the stone was rolled away. I don't know if you have driven down 1793 recently, all the way down to Rose Island Road. I, I did that the other night. I was attending a get-together to pull, pull together some lunches that we would serve the next day at, uh, at High Point Ministry. Just as you get to, to Rose Island Road, there's a huge stone just off the side of the road. I, I snapped a picture of that the, the other day. Now, that stone is, uh, is a real monster. In fact, it's not a stone. It's a boulder. It's a big boulder, a very big boulder. It's, it, it's, it's one that uh, if it would have hit uh, and rolled onto the road and there would have been a car coming, it would have been disaster for sure. It's going to take a Herculean effort and just the right equipment to get that stone out of the way. All of us experience stones in the way all the time. They get in our way, it seems like, on a daily basis. Those stones take the, the shape of, uh, of all sorts, all sizes, but they're stones all the more. They can take the form of some sort of disappointment, maybe a, a serious illness, maybe a broken relationship, a surprising loss of a job, or the death of a loved one. Sometimes those stones are uh, of our own making. You know, we just kind of kind of have uh, circumstances as such, and we, we create havoc even for our own lives. There are even times when we figure that stones are up ahead, but they really aren't. Those sort of stones are birthed out of a, out of a worrisome disposition. Hear this. When it comes to the stones of our lives, those stones that are in our way, whether real or perceived, God will provide. He will either provide a way around them or he will provide a way through them by actually removing the stone. God always provides. If anything, this is at least one thing, one thing that we can learn from the, the great account of Christ rising from the dead. 
we can learn from the experience of the three women who approached the, the tomb of Christ that first Easter, worried about who's going to roll the stone away. God always provides. God is always at work. God will always see to it that either we are able to make our way around the stones that are in front of us, or he's going to remove them altogether. If God granted Christ the power over life and death, can we affirm that today? The power over life and death, then he certainly has the power to see us through those things that we face, those things that are in our way. Jesus is over all of life now and forevermore. We claim that today. And hopefully we leave this space assured of that, that God, through Christ, is Lord over all of life. God stands ready to to steady our resolve. God stands ready to encourage us to no end. And so we want to ask ourselves, what stone or stones are in, in our way? What's in your way? And how is Christ at work to help you meet those stones? The Scripture reports that when the women looked up, they saw that stone, which was very large, and had been rolled away. Mark has it that a a young man dressed in a white robe delivered the good news of Christ's resurrection. He said this, Don't be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus the Nazarene, who was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. Do not be alarmed, he said. It doesn't so matter so much matter what it is, but we are forever letting our alarm, if not our panic about things, get the better of us. Cheryl visited the kids in Nashville last weekend. She came home with a cute story of our young grandson, Miles, who just turned three. Miles went into the bedroom of his older sister, Maggie, to console her. She was having a a meltdown at the time. All of us have uh, those meltdowns, don't we? Let's, Let's face it. Let's be honest with one another. Miles strolled into the bedroom and evidently told Maggie to take a breath. And he was in there a couple of minutes, came out and told uh, Cheryl, she's not taking a breath. (laughs) (laughs) I've been reading uh, a lot about uh, mindfulness these days. Mindfulness essentially encourages us to to slow down, to be well-centered, and not let adverse circumstances get the better of us. In other words, to uh, encourage us to take a breath, to center, to, to find ourselves uh, with the strength to be able to, to move forward. In our alarm, if not our panic, which, uh, which is with us more times than we would really care to admit, we do well to breathe. Just breathe. And then to to cut to a much deeper level, a spiritual level, 
to breathe in the very spirit of our God. It seeks to assure us that that he is walking alongside us, that, that very spirit that, that, that as we breathe it in uh, allows us to, to, to know that uh, we are strengthened, that we are empowered regardless of what we face. Just breathe. The young man dressed in that white robe told the women not to panic. The way he saw it, there was absolutely no reason to panic. The greatest thing of all time had just happened. Jesus had risen from the dead. The fact of Christ's resurrection should keep us from panicking as well, from being so alarmed all the time. He is Lord over life and death, instead stands ready to see us through whatever we face. If Jesus conquered death, then certainly he can conquer everything else we might face. While we can't blame the women for uh, being panicked, at least at the very beginning of their encounter with, with, the, with that angel, Christ's resurrection would eventually help them get centered, to get really centered and bring them to the very place that they needed to be, hopeful and full of thanks over the great thing God had done. We'd all do well to contemplate that great thing of Jesus rising from the dead. We'd all do well to to make that a, a part of our lives, intrinsically so, as a part of our identity. We are resurrection people, after all. We do well to to do such things every day, and not just on Easter, but every day to live with that identity, to live with that assurance, to live as if Christ has risen from the dead. In a word, the resurrection has a way of steadying us when things go awry, strengthening us when we need to take the next step. And sometimes those next steps demand nothing short of a, of a step of faith. Yeah, the resurrection strengthens us when we need to take that next step. The resurrection has a way of offering peace when things get so unsettled and yeah, those currents bubble up all the time. They have a, a way of just coming to, to fruition in our, in our lives. But, but when we steady ourselves in the fact and reality of Christ's resurrection, then we're not nearly as unsettled. We find ourselves endued with peace. The resurrection has a way of, of lifting us when grief strikes us down. It's a part of life. Grief... Uh, comes our way. Ashley and I shared in, in, in two funeral services yesterday on Holy Saturday, and both of us talked about that the specialness of that day, particularly in the context of the deep grief those families were feeling. In between, we talked. In between. In between the death of Christ and the resurrection of Christ. 
in between the death that so often has this hold on us, the grief that weighs us down, but yet the vast hope of resurrection, the resurrection that we celebrate today. Yeah, resurrection has a way of, of lifting us above our grief. And of course, resurrection has a way of helping us when we need to overcome. He's gone ahead of you, said the angel. Jesus is not only with us, but he is ahead of us. He's, he's gone on ahead to help see us through. He told the women, he's, he's gone on ahead to Galilee. He'll meet you there. He's on ahead. He's blazing the trail for us to, to be able to make our way through these days of ours. The women were given some instructions that early morning. They were told to go and tell. To go and tell the good news of Christ's resurrection to his disciples and to Peter. Interestingly, Peter was mentioned by name. Christ wanted to let, let Peter know that, that everything was okay. You know, from Peter's perspective, things were, were not okay. You remember that right before his death, he denied Jesus three times, three times. And he walks away sorrowfully from those denials, full of guilt. He had let Christ down, did the very thing that he said he would not do. He went on and did, just like we talked with Paul in, in um, Romans chapter 7. The very thing I know to do, I don't do. The very thing I know not to do, I do. Yeah, Peter was right there, just like we are so many times. It was not okay from the perspective of Peter, but, but Jesus, the resurrected Lord, makes his way to Peter. He, he wanted to make sure that Peter was singled out by name and by a very special encounter. Peter and Jesus meet after the resurrection. You find that in John 21, 15 and following. And Jesus has some questions to ask. Essentially, it's the, the same question he asks it three times. Peter, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? And each time uh, Peter responds, yes, Lord, you, you know that I do. And in fact, he continues to answer those three times. And, and the Scripture reports that he even, uh, even gets a little bit upset at that. Do you love me? You know that I do. Three times. As if to undo the very thing that Peter had done earlier. In other words, to get the point across as resurrected Lord that you are indeed forgiven. And so he, uh, he makes that possible for Peter, that he would not only be forgiven and freed, as we've talked about, but he goes on to be the rock upon whom the church would be built. It was upon hearing her name that Mary recognized Jesus for who he was. Jesus, the resurrected Lord, called Mary by name there in the garden. 
And it was upon being called by name that Mary recognized Jesus for who he was, the resurrected Lord. And her response, Rabbanai, which means teacher. Jesus is calling each of us by name. Think of it. The resurrected Lord calling each of us by name, you and me. Do you hear him calling? He's calling you. He's calling you by name. Make absolutely no mistake about it. Are, are your ears open to, to what he has to say to you? Not just calling you by name, but, but, but really leaning into your life, seeking to, to mold and, and shape you into the sort of person that God would have you to be. And like Mary, are your eyes finally open to recognize him as the resurrected Lord that he is? And in recognizing him, finding yourself ready to respond and to do so in all love. And as you recognize the one who has all love for, for your life and, and you want to turn and, and offer that same love to him, then follow him wherever he might call. Are you ready to, to listen? Ready to see? And if not, there's no better time, no better time to accept the grand good news that Jesus is risen from the dead. It is the resurrection that makes all the difference. It is the resurrection that stamps everything that Jesus said, everything that Jesus did, including the cross, as true. And on account of that, we are able to live into the new life that God has for us through him. He's calling you by name. And as you hear your name called, be ready to respond with faith. And your life will be revolutionized all on account of the fact that God loves us so much that he sent his only son into the life of the world so we would not perish but have everlasting life. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Let's pray together. Thank you, God, for the great gift that is Christ. Thank you, Lord, for blazing the trail through him for life, life now, life abundant, life eternal. You are great and greatly to be praised. On this great Resurrection Sunday, we praise you for what you have done. We thank you that you're all about resurrecting our lives as well, even in these three score and ten years. And your every desire is for us to live and to live abundantly. May we do that in the light of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We um, do ask this prayer in his name, trusting in the power of that name for today's world. Amen.